As usual, thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters. I want to touch a subject that I didn't think I was going to do, but uh, I'm so interested in it that it makes me think maybe someone else is interested. And and it's uh, something a little different for the show, but it does fit into my general concept of, I want to call the idea of making the world a little bit of a better place to be. So with all that has been going on, uh, at least until a few weeks ago, uh, this hit me so hard I had to go and look for the information. Question, why California is being deluged by what's called an atmospheric river system? Folks, in the last up until a few weeks ago, and it's actually still coming, just not as dramatic so we don't hear about it, California's been hit by repeated storms fueled by torrents of moisture that have been renamed, or at least named, atmospheric rivers that are bound to only intensify as our climate warms. For a little background, California's been taking a beating from the what the National Weather Service calls a seemingly never-ending parade of strong storm systems, which started really as late as last December, and at this point are still coming. We named them, they named them, they called them atmospheric rivers. They're long, narrow currents of exceptionally, and I mean exceptionally, wet air that shoots across the ocean, capable of dumping massive volumes of rain or snow or both on the land, on landfall. Although these storms deliver much of the West's precipitation, they also cause most of the region's flooding uh, with associated economic damages at this point, certainly exceeding more than a billion dollars. Just this winter's spate of storms has killed more than a dozen people in California and put tens of thousands of them under evacuation orders and watches. Starting back on rain, uh, the rain that started December 31st of the last day of 2022, reached five and a half inches in downtown San Francisco and flooded all six lanes of the highways on 101 and the city of southern San Francisco, both of which I've been to, and there were greater rains nearby. On January 8th, again, heavy rains and 70-mile-per-hour winds knocked out power to more than 350,000 people just in the state's capital of Sacramento, which really isn't that biggest city, folks. More atmospheric rivers are predicted in the coming days, raising fears of real flash floods across California and of catastrophic mud and debris flows where recent wildfires have created tons, 20 or 30 burn scars across the state. It's Governor Gavin Newsom who declared a state of emergency back in January and the White House issued a presidential emergency declare for California uh, later in the, uh, the 8th or 9th, I forget, of January. And of course, part of the surprise is, even though I'm a man that believes in scientists, weather forecasters just didn't expect such a wet winter in California. And what, 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 what was the case? What, what happened? Often, they look at El Nino and La Nina, large climate patterns in the Pacific Ocean, as proxies to the forecast. But the simple narrative is that El Nino is wet and La Nina is dry. This is the third year of La Nina, which isn't normal, folks. She doesn't usually last this long. And expectations were set up by the first two years when winters were really not very wet. So in layman's language, why didn't the forecast hold up true this year? Well, the real simple reason is it's not that normal. There's no black and white. Northern California is on the cusp of a wet-dry pattern. It's kind of a crapshoot. You're rolling the dice. It could go either way, 
El Nino and La Nina can tip the scales toward wet or dry, depending on what else is going on, literally in the whole world, but especially along the west coast of the United States. So what else is really driving these powerful storms in California, and are they truly unusual? All sorts of chaos is happening in the atmosphere, but sometimes it stays in a con- kind of a, configura- a, a certain configuration for a while, so the storm track is stuck. It can't move. The storm track is a wind current, eh, kind of like a jet stream, that carries the river of moisture from west to east. La Nina nudges the storm more back toward the northern California area and favors atmospheric river landfalls in that part of the coast. Those atmospheric rivers that are coming in a row and they are really strong and really wet this year. And then this convergence is the heart of the matter. It's unusual that there are so many storms and that they are, for a better way of saying it, so doggone super juicy. As a rule, mountains usually wring out the water out of the atmospheric rivers, but a lot of the moisture from last week's storms in California made it all the way to Minnesota, dropping over a foot and a half of snow that far inland. There's so much moisture in the system, it's anomalous that that there's so much. It's just not normal. This is not what at least used to happen in old normal weather patterns. So we need to take a look at what just are what are the impacts of this parade of atmospheric rivers. I like the word, but it sounds strange. The first storm saturated the soil. It's soaked like a sponge holding all the water it can, and any more water will just run off. Rivers, creeks, and reservoirs are also fuller, so that's when we start getting flooding. The silver lining is the snowpack. When I started the study, it was January, it was cold, it was mostly snowing in the mountains, building up the snowpack. There are feet and feet of feet of new snow, more than we've had in a number of years. If this was March, it would just get warmer and it would uh, rain on the snow and melt the snowpack, decreasing our stored water and causing flooding. But that's not what's happening because it hit so late. California is already three years into one of the biggest droughts they've ever had. Question is, is it over? And the truth is, they're really still in drought. The snowback in the reservoirs are good, so for surface storage, but they're doing great. But the aquifers are super depleted. The groundwater has to be recharged in, in that part of the country, kind of like in West Texas. It takes a long time. We can't rely on atmospheric rivers to save the water. California has wet and dry extremes. That's our current reality and our future. We need to look at what's going on and sort of uh, maybe prepare a little bit. So the next question is, hmm, how is climate change affecting atmospheric rivers, whether you believe it or not? If you don't believe in climate change now, you need to change the channel. Go watch the Playboy channel or something because you're not uh, paying attention. How can California and, in general, all of us prepare? Atmospheric rivers are becoming more intense with climate change because they're holding more and more and more moisture. For a long time, my thought was that we should focus on more science to improve forecasting. Duh. But we need to adapt to the climate change. We've already set it in motion, folks. Too late to predict. Time to react. We can't forecast our way out of the atmospheric rivers, so we really need to learn to adapt to the climate change that we've already, for the past 30 years, set into motion. I won't get into that, Bill. I've been talking about this over my, for myself over 35 years. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but folks, you had to have your head in the sand. I love that. The old 
ostrich in the sand BS. But that's what most of the, the especially the people in charge were doing. It was self-protection. We have to make huge investments in green infrastructure. We need to use nature to absorb the runoff, floodplains, parks, and rain gardens. Our infrastructure was built in the 20th century and it is no longer fitting the pattern. It no longer exists with what's going on now. More intense days are coming and the storms that we're seeing now are a mere preview of what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I won't be around too many more years to mark it, but mark my word, if you don't believe that, then again, uh, stick your head back in the sand. Become an ostrich. For the last few minutes of this part of the show, I want to talk about something that you may not even know. This weekend is the weekend for Earth Day. Nobody knows that, well, they say nobody, listen to this, nobody in the United States, we're about a, you know, a decade behind. Our planet, our, our, our Earth, our little aquarium we live in is a pretty amazing place. But it needs our help to thrive. We've abused it, we've misused it, we've overpopulated it. Um, that's why each year on April 22nd, up and coming, at this point on Earth, more than a billion people celebrate Earth Day to protect the planet from things like pollution, deforestation, of course, uh, overuse of fossil fuels. By taking part in activities like picking up litter and planting trees, uh, consider using a less less electricity or a less gas and, and of course, fossil fuels, because right now, still, most of our electricity comes from uh, fossil fuel directly or indirectly. We've got to change that in the next 20 or 30 years. There's not a choice. If you think there's a choice, you're not going to be here to worry about it like me, but, but it is. There is a choice. It would make us a world that's happier, healthier, and a definite better place to live for our kids. We're the first generation I know of to leave the earth worse off than when we got it. Every time as, as generations went on, the next generation made more money. They had a better existence. They were more comfortable. That's not happening anymore. We're, we're, we're going backwards, folks. We're going backwards because we're abusing this aquarium we live in. There's no doubt about it. Little history. The first Earth Day was back in 1970. Okay, I was in college. When the United States Senator from Wisconsin organized a national demonstration to raise awareness about environmental issues, which everybody then thought was almost a joke. Rallies took place across the country. By the end of the year, the U.S. government had created the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. By 1990, Earth Day was an event celebrated by more than 140 countries around the globe and now celebrated each year by, again, over a billion people. So how do you help? First of all, I have a better term, be a waste warrior. I'm, I'm still lived down to what I want to be. But watch the waste. Be careful what you use. What can you reuse? Uh, everything has a reuse almost or a use that goes back into the ground where it's safe. Think about that. I, I tell everybody this. I'm going to do it myself. I happen to have a reason. Plant a tree. Okay, researchers estimate roughly 15 billion trees in the world are cut down every year. 15 billion. Folks, there, there's where the carbon is stored. That's where more oxygen is made. 15 billion trees getting cut down every year. Uh, doesn't sound like a good light. Turn off the lights, okay? <laughs> Does the lamp really need to be on while the sun is out? Give me a break, number one. Number two, <clears throat> no excuse anymore. 
People gave me, well, I can't get LEDs. Why? They're as cheaper, cheaper, especially cheaper if you consider the overall use than any incandescent. Get off the incandescent light bulb. It should be totally illegal except in situations where it has to exist, and there are a few. So in generally, change every light bulb in your house to LED. Might cost a dollar more than if you used incandescents, number one, but they'll last 10 times as long, give you a better light, better light for your eyes, and certainly a better light for the nature around you. Watch when you uh, brush your teeth, comb your hair, and take a bath. Turn the water off. Give me a break. I mean, you know, we're all so, so spoiled that it's unbelievable. And I'm, hey, I'm partly guilty. Believe me. And the big thing, and this is what I'm trying to do, and I'll get off my soapbox. Spread the word. Let other people know they need to take care of this little blue marble we live on. It's not a joke anymore, folks. Anybody that doesn't believe it, uh, almost I'd like to hear the argument. Because they're protecting themselves for some other reason. you got to be blind not to realize what we've done to this planet just in the 70 years I've been here. Okay, so I'll get off my, uh, <laughs> my soapbox. But just to bear in mind, folks, this is, not, this is very important to all of us. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Man.